0: Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're gonna make a little detour. So absurd,
1: so questionable.
0: Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour.
2: I think Evan's just afraid of rain. Where do you go if you're afraid of rain, Evan? Like, it starts raining outside, what do you do? I burrow into the crawl space in my house. <laughs> Your wife finds you sexy still? <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't say that.
2: <laughs> she realizes she's never going to get protected.
3: <laughs> she realizes that this is this is all her life has come to, is fear and pity.
1: Do you ever say, like, I'm just checking the pipes down here, I'll be up in a minute?
3: Yeah, I'm like, uh, just seeing what the termites are up to. Yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> Don't you worry, know. hun. They're still here. Yeah. <laughs> there is an infestation.
1: <laughs> Looks like I'm gonna be down here a while trying to get rid of them. <laughs> you just let me know when it
3: stops raining. I'll be right back up.
2: What do I imagine? Evans down there, like playing God with a bunch of termites. <laughs> like he's like little dresses for him. <laughs> like playing house with them. <laughs> like moving them around. I'm like no, this is where you live. <laughs> you have a little dollhouse, the termite come in, catches the husband termite with another termite woman. Uh. (laughs) It's a whole thing in the termite world. (laughs) Yeah,
3: this, uh, on the the Mississippi Public Network, you know, or whatever the public network is, PBS, what's it called? PBS, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, that one. I'm one of the weird shows that comes on at like 11 p.m. (laughs) and it's just me and some termites and it's like a termite soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, everyone's like stealing from each other and like cheating on each other and... It's a whole it's a whole drama going on down there that mm. I'm broadcasting
2: to the world. You show the infidelity, the termite yeah. infidelity, and then you show the termite divorce court. <laughs> <laughs> little termite with a judge's robe on. <laughs> the termite
3: just like down on his lug, hasn't left his house in three days, hasn't shaved in a week. Yeah. He just like looks at the little rafters in his ceiling and just sees how sturdy
2: they would be if a rope was tied to it. <laughs> wow.
3: Wow. just to see just to see just
2: question it now i just imagine you going now i have to tie a, a tiny noose <laughs> 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 and hang a termite
3: <laughs> yeah no yeah
2: <laughs> all the while your wife is absurd like cooking and cleaning <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: just, just like <laughs> taking care of the house
2: <laughs> my husband is just down there playing with termites <laughs> my dogs are just eating dinner you know does that just... not normally happen when you're in the house
3: when evan's yeah. up up
1: top everything is chaos but when yeah. he goes <laughs> when he goes below Peace. the house to mess with the termites it runs a tight ship up here that's
3: because the only thing i'm thinking about while i'm down there is the termites mm-hmm. that's my world
1: <laughs> some people use vr to escape
2: yeah. evan uses termites yeah tr, if TR. You want. do you pretend you're a termite when you're down there i've known to nibble on some wood i don't know if that would call me a termite or not He calls the terminex and like yeah you definitely have termites down there but there are some beams some support beams that have human bite marks in them there's <laughs> a big old
3: termite i don't know <laughs> yeah. big old it's termite like got a beaver down there or something
2: <laughs> all right welcome to questionable detour let's do some hypotheticals dave can i
0: pose a somewhat abstract purely hypothetical question I guess I I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a
3: hypothetical question.
1: All right. Our first hypothetical for the week. If you were a dictator of a small country, what crazy dictator things would you do?
2: All right, Alan. (laughs) You're a dictator of a country. What are you doing?
1: So I'm a dictator of a country. Um, My first thought is keeping my citizens in line i don't want them to ever be too powerful to take me on um, because i think if they all banded together they probably could yeah that's a concern great great leaders have been toppled that way (laughs) so i'm going to implement a simple solution uh kind of derived from the uh game the sack race i don't know that game where you race in a sack you know, oh. you, you're basically your your body up to your waist is in a <laughs> an old burlap sack or something. Yeah. I'm going to make all my citizens walk around in burlap sacks. <laughs> That's interesting. That That's way hard. they can never use both legs outside of that sack. They'll never be able to
2: get fast enough to take me down. I will always see them coming. They're also like, I don't want to uprise <laughs> because I will look very silly taking tiny little steps. Mm hmm. What are your citizens or your, your country, whatever you want to call it? What, are they,
3: what is it called? What's it, what do you call your citizens? Sackville. Sackville. Uh, That's the place that it's called. Sackville. So they would be sackies? <laughs>
2: <laughs> if they come see you, you know, when you're speaking, do you call it a sacrilege? Yes. Now, let me walk you through something here. Have you thought about technological sack?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 an e if you will. Electronic sack. Okay. Not sure what it does, but <laughs> yeah. maybe the people can use it to track their steps or um, other things to track metrics. Maybe they can install a chute in the back that allows them to use the bathroom easier or something okay. like that. Okay. Um, but then someone comes and is able to hijack someone else's sack, get mm-hmm. into the coding of the sack. Yeah. I guess you could say they were, they were hacking it. Sure. So would that be a hacky sack <laughs> <laughs> or what would that be? <laughs> I got to say I
1: love I I love the lead up. <laughs> <laughs> I can safely say I had nowhere to no idea where that was going. <laughs> yeah, I do think they would they would call that they would call that a hacky sack. Um that's fun. And so, one thing that's really cool about the sacks that I think I know you, everybody listening probably thinks oh, well he just made this sack rule because he hates his people. No, not completely. They <laughs> They can use this sack like a sort of like a sleeping bag. Like they're never able to leave it, but they've always got some sort of shelter, a little bit of warmth, you know? You
2: don't give them clothes and houses? No,
1: no. When they are born, they've got about 10 seconds to get that (laughs) kid. In a sack, and then when they outgrow that sack, don't take it off immediately. You have to put them into a bigger sack so that they can re- then remove the sack, the previous one, throw it out. Their legs were never
2: exposed. So your society is not unlike a bunch of hermit crabs. That's what I
3: was gonna say. You're, you're just you have crabs. You own you own crabs. <laughs> you
2: own hermit crabs oh, for oh, people. Oh, oh. Now I don't own these
1: people. <laughs> I am a benevolent leader
2: who likes a little bit of control. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't own anyone. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah,
2: <laughs> you rule a bunch of people that mm-hmm. are not unlike hermit crabs. Uh, it's essentially, yeah, it's just a field, a bunch of people just <laughs> yeah. <rolling> yeah and <laughs> scooting around. Now we did have
1: we did have a little situation on our hands, some sort of light. Rebellion that we, that we did squash. But uh, some people in the sacks learned that it was easier for them to just roll and not hop. Sure. That'll sure. Um, it, yeah. yeah. And how have you prevented that? Speed bumps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we started making them pretty high. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, they've, they've got to, they don't have enough space in between bumps to uh, get up enough momentum to, to cross the speed bump
2: it it must be absolute hell trying to move around your country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> now they just have to hop up speed bumps.
2: Yeah, yeah. At
3: all times. Their calves must be outstanding. <laughs> yeah. They
2: they don't know. They never seen them. <laughs> they've they've never they've never
1: seen them and they don't know that they can they don't know that there's life outside the sack. <laughs> so, I'm just hoping that that they never figure out that their legs and body work outside of the sack. I mean, if they do, I'm I'm probably you know I'm, I'm probably done for. Their their leg muscles are yeah. going to be enormous.
0: Like <laughs> it's
2: just it's some skinny, emaciated people from the waist up, but down they look like yeah, yeah. their legs are sort of like a,
1: <laughs> like some sort of fawn or centaur situation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, no, They're very I, pale. The legs are yeah, very pale. Yeah. <laughs> No, in this situation, all their lives they've been, um, I, don't, I don't know how you want to say this, but all their lives they've been entrapped in these mm-hmm. sacks. Yeah. So whenever they rise up, it's almost like they would call it a, a, a cooped up because they've been cooped up all their life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is what we called the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, what well, we called it when they, when they rolled and they tried to overtake oh, yeah. me, they, they, we called it the, uh, roller derby cooped up. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: roller derby too all cooped up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. Uh, it was, it was a really touch and go there for a little bit. Your dictatorship,
3: <laughs> You're get out
2: of it. Your dictatorship sounds terrible. It sounds like a normal dictatorship, but you do have fun names for things. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> you would have some fun banners throughout yeah. your your kingdom
3: for There's
1: sure. A, so after that little uh, uh, cooped up situation, um, some of the some of the people were complaining, and I just looked at them and I said, "Hey, sack it up! <laughs> Not going to hear these complaints."
2: <laughs> You're going to miss out on your daily ration of sack and cheese. <laughs> if they get fired for their jobs, are they sacked? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alan, anything else? Any, anything else from your country that you want to No, give I mean, us? I, I think that's, that's pretty much it. You gave us no laws. You gave us no direction for the country, just the fact that people... I mean, that's the, that's the, the, the one fact that yeah. The fact
1: that they have to stay in that sack, that, that's enough to keep crime down. That's, that's enough to keep me in power. There's there's no other laws needed. That's very good.
2: All right, Zach, what's yours? Well, my, I didn't go as an overarching theme for my communist country as a dictator. I kind of went specific laws and regulations that I would do. First of all, there would be speed limits, right? There'd be speed limits for roads, but it wouldn't be a speed limit for how fast you can go. <laughs> it's a speed limit for how slow you can go. And the minimal speed you can go in my country is 85 miles an hour.
3: Jesus. <laughs> School zones are a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be.
1: How do those kids get out of the cars?
2: (laughs) Ever cross the road very carefully. (laughs) Very frogger esque type. (laughs) Very anti pedestrian in your society.
1: (laughs) Not a walkable community.
2: So you're driving down the road, and it's a sharp left curve going off a cliff. Mm. You can't slow down. You have to, you better know how to drift. Jeez. otherwise you will duke's of hazard your car off of off of the cliff. Wow.
3: Everyone's just coming around a tight corner and they're like yeah. looking around for police to see if they can slow down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just sweating, they're white knuckling the steering wheel. Going, Man, I hope there's not a speed trap up here so I don't have to die today.
3: <laughs> yeah, all your speed traps are in the most dangerous spots <laughs> instead of like slow down yeah.
2: right
1: angle turns. <laughs> Do you guys use stop signs or, or uh, yes. stop lights? There are still stop lights and stop okay. signs, okay.
2: That's but cool. you can't slow down. So, <laughs> once you see that red light, <laughs> you are hitting the brakes as hard as possible.
3: Ugh. But, like, you can't, like, slowly come up to the stop sign. Like, you can't gradually come to a stop. No. It, it seems no. like you have to be You have to abrupt. go from
2: 80, at least 85 to stopped.
1: Oh so, like a lot of a lot of times, people will say like this car can go you know zero to eighty in so many seconds. You're more like, well, it can go eighty to or eighty five, I guess, to zero
3: in, in three so in three seconds. seconds. How many yeah. brake pads does your country go through? Like,
2: it is a gr- our uh, GDP is mostly funded and supported by brake pads, Yes. Yeah. and funeral be. homes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 gotta be. <laughs>
2: Are you exporting funerals we have so many deaths that we have to give our dead to other countries <laughs> <laughs> because so many people die in car accidents
1: so like if somebody dies in in battle from a country and they're not able to retrieve the body you guys just send over send over a body i was like you can have this this is keith uh- <laughs>
3: figure it out (laughs) (laughs) he was not a war veteran for sure
2: um the second law i would impose is if you see a crime happen you don't report it but if you want to report it you have to commit the same crime in an effort to do it better to then report it so you see somebody break into a store you want to report it you have to go then break into a store to do it better to get more money to steal more items and if you do, if you bested the last crook, you get to report the last crime. Okay. So it's like, I can do it better than you situation. Like, a, like a, the only reason
3: you were able to report them is because you were better than them. Right, right, right. So it's like getting rid of your competition at the same
2: time. Anything you can do, I can do better. That's what I was trying That's to exactly say. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And what it promotes is competition. and Which is what you want in crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would if If anything will make criminals more dangerous is mm-hmm. if you make them compete.
3: Yeah. That's good for your uh, your society. What happens if you try to outdo them, but you're not able to do it better than them? Does the person who did the second crime go to jail?
2: No, you go to jail. Or like, yeah, the the only reason the only reason you stay out of jail is because you did the crime better and you were able to report the previous crime. Interesting. Interesting. So, what if somebody sees
1: someone going 30 miles an hour down the road? Are they then legally allowed to go 25 <laughs> miles an hour down the road?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: So everyone's going like one mile per hour now.
1: (laughs) Just nothing but people pointing.
3: Everybody just stopped. They're just like. (laughs) So people start going in reverse. And then everybody's going 80 miles per hour reverse to see who can go the fastest in reverse. So
2: basically, my roads in my country are either going 85 miles an hour or completely stopped. (laughs) Are going in full, reverse. <laughs> <laughs> in full reverse.
3: Oh man, it is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Complete chaos. Okay, so now you're saying people have to do crimes better than each other. Yes. Who's judging whose crime was better? Oh, like, we who have gets to whole, make that file. That's a part order?
2: of that's a part of our court and judicial system. Is you have a, a jury of twelve of your own peers, as we do in our society. But not only are they judging for your guilt, they're judging your tact and effort in the crime so that plays a huge part so defense attorneys the prosecution attorney they are arguing whether or not you did a great job or a poor job at your crime (laughs) so in this
1: situation you want your jury to be filled with previous offenders like you want you want your jury to be full of criminals
2: well full of criminals but ones that aren't that good so they so they you know see your work and go he did pretty well
3: well, what it really sounds like is, basically, they know that you did the crime. That's not what they're trying to figure out. They're just trying to figure out the style mm. and the flair yeah, of it. Yeah. right, exactly. So it's basically like an X Factor or America's Got Talent panel judge mm. style to see whose crime was better. Yeah. And then they get to, like, hidden X or, like, you get a golden ticket or whatever. Or a oh,
2: 25 it. to life, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: if you did it better. <laughs> Or worse. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, you're getting something. One's 25 to life. One is giving someone else 25 to life.
2: (laughs) And uh, finally, because of the deaths... So many deaths in in my dictatorship. You need a lot of babies to be born, which we do. We have a lot of babies to be born. But if a woman is pregnant and needs to give birth, she has to be at the top of a water slide, so the baby is then birthed on the water slide <laughs> and slides down into a pool. That'd be cool. I so thought is, so.
1: Is like the eternity uh, wing at a hospital in your country essentially a water park?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, the, and <laughs> the water slides are at a very steep angle in both directions, so that baby flies out fast <laughs> and goes very high at the end. And uh, I guess if
1: they survive, then they then they deserve to live in your country.
2: Well, I, I mean, you got to think, though, if they're going to grow up to having to drive 85 miles per hour at mm-hmm. least... You got to be kind of a daredevil coming out. Yeah. So if you, yeah. you know. Got to learn to live dangerously mm-hmm. from, from a young age. That's for yeah. sure. If your mom pushes you hard, sends you flying, you hit a concrete wall, that's that's your mom's fault. Yeah. You know, you got to try to land it back in the pool. No, back to the murder thing.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if one mom does slide her baby out into concrete, kills the baby, another mom witnesses it, realizes that's murder. We call it or-
2: abortions. <laughs> What now? An
3: abertion. and a, <laughs> and a <birth-tion. laughs> Now she witnesses an abortion. Does she then try to do an abortion but better, so she can report it?
2: <laughs> I never, I never said an abortion is a is a crime. It's murdering a child. Seems like yeah, seems <laughs> it's like it's like a dead dead kid involved. <laughs> yeah, she does. We paint big targets <laughs> up on a wall, and <laughs> you see you hit the bullseye. You hit the bullseye with your newborn baby coming off that slide. You get to report the, the previous abortion. Dang! Oh. Well, at least you have a point system
3: there. <laughs> An easy way to tell. Okay. Now, second question, and I almost hate to ask this, but what about a C-section? Oh, God! What happens then?
2: You have to do it. You have to do it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and. Then, you're giving a knife. You have to sharpen the knife. It is Ooh. It is basically a butter knife and you have to give it to yourself. Interesting. <laughs>
3: so, yeah, it's interesting.
1: <laughs> is that why in their in their country they start doing it to themselves and
3: they look at the doctor and they go, "See, this is how it's done. C-section." <laughs> See this section of my chest? It's open. <laughs> no, okay. But what about getting the baby down the slide? Is it like once it's out then in the C-section uh I'm talking about. Once it's out do they like manually put it down in the slide or does like the doctor stand her up and like or I guess she's doing it herself so she's she like, t- stand t- over t- like oh. t- tips it are over like a wheelbarrow
2: <laughs> yeah that's what i'm trying to figure out yes yes to that second option because that just funny. sounds crazier
1: <laughs> since we're already on this topic oh <laughs> uh, um have you ever had any issues where an umbilical cord was not
3: cut like a bungee cord situation (laughs) (laughs) baby's bungee jumping you ever had a baby bungee jump is that i think that's his question (laughs)
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah
2: tell us about that (laughs) (laughs) what do you want me to tell imagine bungee jumping (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now imagine a bungee jump with a bunch of gross blood and, oh. <laughs> and fluids just kind of bouncing around too. That's, that's basically what this looks like. Hospitals are a circus. <laughs> <laughs> now when the baby Yikes. bungeed back up. <laughs> I don't know the elasticity content of a, an umbilical cord, but I would assume there would be some bounce back. Now when the baby bungeed back up. <laughs> <laughs> did it make it back in? <laughs> when they're keeping
1: score on the thing below <laughs> is that a hole in one
0: <laughs>
2: um, if you are able to get the baby back in you win you just win everyone in the hospital goes to jail <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Uh, any more questions about my country <laughs> I think you really do, answered it do y'all want to live there be honest i don't i don't think i would i'm kind
1: of
3: tied here with my job (laughs) Yeah. yeah all
2: right for our next hypothetical as the fashionistas that we are here at questionable detour people can't see what we're wearing but let it be known that we are wearing the height of fashion the most trendy items if you could if you could bring in a fashion clothing what have you what fashion would you bring in I
1: would say one of the most uh, statement-making articles of clothing would be uh, the kilt.
2: Ooh, I like a kilt. It's good.
1: So I think I would would bring in the kilt, but I would also make a few modifications to it in that it's going to be a chainmail kilt because we want to be both fashion forward but also uh warrior people
2: <laughs> and there's nothing more comfortable around your genitals than a bunch of <laughs> chain metal that is correct Sharp
3: metal um, <laughs>
2: It seems like there would be a lot of good breezes happening because not only would you get the breeze coming <laughs> up from the bottom, you would get it coming through the very porous material that yes, is chainmail. Yes,
1: um, so we're hoping that everybody uh, buys their hanes and um, really just buys warm boxers, you know, to uh, go under the chainmail. It's not a; re- it wouldn't be a requirement, but I think it would be pretty necessary. <laughs> so
3: I think you could fashion like a uh, portable heater for the winter or portable. Uh, fan for the winter you could just stick under there and just you know regulate temperatures
1: I think a heater might might be uh, might give some problems when that metal gets really hot
2: (laughs) I was thinking the same thing I was like you could attach (laughs) jumper cables to it heat up the metal yeah make (laughs) make the metal very hot (laughs) people people are like it's so cold and then after that they're not complaining about how cold it is anymore no they're they're on fire (laughs) down there (laughs) Is that separate of the chainmail? <laughs>
3: <laughs> different, a different issue altogether. <laughs> well, they're on fire when they see someone else in, in chainmail, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a byproduct. Either you way. know,
1: let's let, let's put it in this perspective. You're out at your local watering hole. You see a you see a group of guys walk in. Two of them are wearing just jeans. Ooh, gross, gross. One of them's wearing. Just a pair of slacks,
2: not so unimaginative
1: uh. idiot. But that other guy, what? Well, wait, wait. What's what's he got on? Glistening in the sun. Is he is he shining <laughs> from the waist
3: down? Well, by God, that's a chainmail kilt from the waist down and the ankles up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, are those exposed ankles? <laughs> well, by God,
1: that's chainmail kilt, and that's kind of the thing that I feel like everybody would say when they when they see see somebody walk in wearing one of those. I think it'd also be kind of cool to have maybe belt attachments for uh, an assortment of weapons. Okay, <laughs> just uh, a couple Even of a... a couple of daggers, maybe a maybe a light morning star.
3: You know, <laughs> are you really concerned with the war and like being attacked? But just I, yes.
2: protecting your groin area. I, well, I think
1: it would be cool to leave the uh, rest of the body just exposed. I think <laughs> shirtless, probably. Um, I think it's more frightening when someone's running at you with their shirt off.
3: Now, have you been a- <laughs> attacked at below the below the belt a lot, or something, or like why why the focus on the?
2: It's a good point. What's the psych- what's the psychology behind it? Yeah,
3: I was kind of hoping this wasn't gonna
1: wasn't gonna come up. It was inevitable. Yeah, as a child in the neighborhood that I grew up in, um, as a sort of a becoming a man exercise. For the kids in the neighborhood, they would all line up on either side of you, and you would run, run through them, and they would take balloons filled with milk, and they would just pelt you in the (laughs) groin. And you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't fun. (laughs) It was. uh,
3: You donned a morning star.
1: (laughs) Donned a chainmail kilt. I I don't want to be caught in that situation because of your childhood
2: trauma. (laughs)
1: I think this is what I tell everybody. If you have childhood baggage, bring that thing in. Come on. Like bring bring it, bring it up whenever you can. Own it. (laughs) Use that thing as a crutch. (laughs) Don't don't become a better person. Keep Don't unburden
2: yourself with it. Burden yourself with it more. Nest in that trauma. (laughs) So beat it. Your parents hit you, hit other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Hit your kids, you know. <laughs> Pass it on, you know. Um, maybe they'll
1: maybe they'll buy a chainmail kilt and it won't hurt as bad. I don't know.
2: I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe money. Alan will make money. Yeah, on put it, money yeah. in Alan's pocket. This could, this could be could
1: be a nice uh, nice business here. I don't know. We'll see.
2: I really like I really like chainmail. If I see someone wearing a chainmail kilt, I immediately want to be their friend mm-hmm. because they have stories. Yeah. Right. They're not. You're. You meet a guy in some slacks. Some slacks that are just coming right above the shoe. You know, he's not going to tell you anything interesting. No. Maybe he made not. a. Stock market sale. Yeah, he's yeah, made a stock market. Yeah. He, he's going to talk about his four hundred and one k. Boo. boo. He's a guy with a chainmail. He's going to tell you stories of battle. Yeah, yeah. stories of battle or that conquest. He thinks deodorant is not good for you. Neck beard. You know. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I think he's going to say interesting things, and that's the person I want to be around. He might be a "Where's my hug?" guy. <laughs> Guys? Are you hand-making these chainmail kilts piece by piece, ring by ring?
3: I'd, I'd like, to, like to outsource,
1: okay. I think. Uh, I, I like the idea, but not necessarily the uh, work that goes into doing it.
3: What part of the world makes chainmail kilts?
1: I think right now, the sort of the hot spot is like the Metro Bangladesh area.
2: <laughs> Metro Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Full transparency here boys. I also had chainmail as my answer to this question. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm going to have to call an audible here and come up with something very fashionable right this second. And here's 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 my idea. Nipple sunglasses. Nipple sunglasses? Nipple sunglasses. It's like things you wear on your eyes, but for your nipples. For your okay. nipples. Absolutely. Mm. Here's my thought process. Uh-huh, let's hear it. Some burns are painful. Mm-hmm. Some burns are painful. We all can agree. Yeah. UV exposure in a high dosage painful.
0: I
1: think it hurts one of us more than it does the yeah. other two. One of us. I do have it's the co- <laughs>
2: I do have the complexion of a iPhone flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not sorry for it. And is the reason that this fashion design and fashion idea hits close to home for me. Tell me, list off the most sensitive areas of the body. Genitals. Oh, mm, okay, yes. Back of the knee. Maybe. Inner a <laughs> Right elbow. ear lobe. Well, this is going not how I planned it to go. The nipples. The nipple is a very sensitive... Oh, no, okay. nipple. Yeah, that yeah, was my next yeah. one. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the nipple. Very sensitive part of the body. Since it's so sensitive and the sun is prevalent every day, I need covering for my nipples. I'm not going to wear a shirt. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to make a very wide, <laughs> wide pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Is
3: there a uh, a dip in the middle where like the nose would usually yeah. be, or is it like a cyclops situation?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it can be. There's different styles you can get for my nipple sunglasses. Oh, that's yeah, cool. uh, but no, there is just you can get like the Beatles very round shaded sunglasses. Mm. Yeah, that over each nipple, yeah. little metal bar going across, like you know, a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. And this will prevent you from getting any kind of nipple sunburn, which I think is probably an epidemic in today's society. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I hear nipple cancer, nipple melanoma on the rise. So, you nip that in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what so, w- no, I if I
1: if, if I'm looking for different different designs, what are what are some different sunglasses designs you guys offer?
2: Every sunglass that you ha- you wear over your eyes obviously, but they're just a lot larger. So, I mean, you have the round Beatles Paul McCartney glasses. Sure, you have the Cyclops glasses. It's a very cool, very stylish design.
3: Covers your whole sternum, too.
2: Yeah. You have the ray ban Aviator glasses, so your chest looks like it's about to pull you over for going 10 over the speed limit.
1: If I wanted to get a uh, Geordi LaForge from Star Trek The Next Generation visor over my over my nipples is that is that possible
2: yeah absolutely put it in a special order we will make that for you promptly That's
1: so nice. what if only one of
2: them is sensitive can i go full uh mr peanut and uh get a monocle you can't get a monocle if you want complete coverage go ahead and get an eye pa- or nipple patch yeah i was gonna uh-huh. say what
3: if i damage one of my nipples yeah. and <laughs> i'm no longer looking for it to get access to any sun at all <sighs>
2: Yeah, go to go in for the the nipple patch, which is the equivalent of an eye patch. Very fun Halloween idea. You can go as a a pirate a with pirate. one eye yeah. and one nipple. <laughs> now, can I get it like the?
3: I don't know, like the cheap sunglasses that are, you know, plastic and they have, they're like shaped like hearts and whatnot. And maybe they're yellow or orange or whatever that girls are will buy for $5 and wear to the beach.
2: Sure, yeah. Um, can you all make me one of those? No, we only deal with high-class material. Each pair of nipple glasses will cost you about $500 to $1,000. Jesus.
3: Jesus.
2: I don't know if my nipples are worth that, honestly. Well, I, I think you need to raise your standards. Um, I hear nipple melanoma is very painful.
3: I hope I get nipple melanoma now. Because <laughs> that price is ridiculous. <laughs> and then I'll write to you and say I could have lived if you would mm-hmm. lower your prices. Yeah. But no, you, lived you killed you, me.
2: You could have lived if you didn't walk outside with a pair of magnifying glasses over your nipples. <laughs> Listen, when I created blinds, I went... <laughs> Full force. <laughs> and now your nipples are the tannest thing on your body. they look like little burnt pepperonis off a of pizza.
3: Yeah, they cooked my nips. <laughs> Hindsight wasn't a great idea. But did I look cool? I looked no. close up. I, don't <laughs> I looked a lot closer than I actually was. I'll tell you that. My nipples were much larger than real life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, anything else for me? Do I need to answer any of your <laughs> burning questions <laughs> about about my nipple glasses? All right, Evan. Right now we have a chainmail kilt, <laughs> chainmail skirt, and then some nipple glasses. What Lip are you... Glitz. Yep. So... What are you bringing to the table? You boys ever feel like you you sit too low? Like
3: you're not tall enough when you sit down?
2: I do, often, yeah.
3: You feel like your butt's a little too squishy?
2: Uh, yes.
3: Maybe you didn't do enough butt workouts. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Almost definitely. Well, I created a little offshoot of the butt pad, but I made it out of full wood. Oh, my God. Four-inch thick wood slabs on your tukis. So when you're walking around, one, your butt looks firm. And two, square. And square. Hey, who doesn't like a square butt? And two, when you sit down, you're four inches taller. Who doesn't want that? Every woman looks at you and they're like, man, I wish he was six foot. I need a man that's six foot. Well, sitting down, you are. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. How do these attach to clothing? So in all clothing now, they create these little slots that you slide your little... You mean back pockets? Yeah. The little slots in the back of your clothes. <laughs> back <of> your pants. <laughs> so you just slide your four-inch beams into your back pockets as you call them and when you sit down you're a new man so you're just selling wood there's no difference between you and home depot <laughs> <laughs> you're just selling wood to well people? we custom carve your butt curves ah, into the back side of the, or the front side of the wood that's the skill i was looking for yeah and i know you're gonna ask this anyway so i'll go ahead and tell you the way we get the shape of your butt, yeah. you don't have to come in for an appointment. Oh, that's good. We don't come in. We don't measure it. You don't have to send us any proof of what your butt looks like or that you have one. We assume you do. <laughs> <laughs> and we have former private investigators come track you down where you live. Oh my and they stake out your house. Wow. And they watch you as you go walk your dog or you walk to your car to you go to your job. And they get their binoculars on and they eyeball your butt. They stare at your butt the entire time you're walking, and they try to figure out what measurements would work best for his little wooden butt.
2: This seems like a situation where Evan got caught stalking, and he had to <laughs> give some rationale to the police on why he's staring at people's butts with binoculars. Is it true? Is that true? Did Can you get I confirm stalking? or deny? Did he get his stalking?
3: Allocation. It may have started with a little light stalking. <laughs> But now it turned into a full fledged business. I have multiple people working for me, staking out your house, mm-hmm. <laughs> not stalking, as the police would call it. Okay,
2: and they're just looking to get those juicy boot so, measurements. Does somebody have to order the butt wood? <laughs> <laughs> Before the stalking happens, or do no. you just pre-stalk these people in hopes that they will inevitably and eventually buy buttwood? We know, we know who needs it. So
3: you may not order it, but it'll show up on your doorstep. You walk outside one day and you have a package on your doorstep, and it's just two little pieces of wood shaped
2: perfectly to your butt. And you're like, so how did that happen? We have really got into your business structure <laughs> <laughs> rather than the actual product itself, but buttwood, you know, I'm uh, it's sure everything buttwood. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everything but one. Well, you know, I'm sure that that company will come up in some ad later. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: our last little tiddly-biddly hypothetical we got going on here is, boys, if you were taking over the marketing for a company, what would you do to increase sales at this company to really show them that you're a great worker?
2: So as the marketing genius that I am, I would take over marketing for probably a company that sells hamburgers like mcdonald's six billion sold they advertise often i say that's not enough let's get to 12 billion let's get to 100 billion hamburgers and here's how i do it i would meet people in the some of the saddest points in their life they get into a car accident airbag deploys except i've replaced the airbag with hamburgers and fries in the glove box hamburgers and fries they t-bone a car in an intersection hamburgers and fries go everywhere <laughs> The last thing that these people see before they pass out from blood loss is hamburgers and fries. What do you think the first thing they are going to want when they wake up? I'm sure they're craving a hamburger and a fry. (laughs) That's right.
1: Now, are you not worried that that's the last thing they see before a car accident? Like maybe they might suffer PTSD from the accident and they may be completely not a fan of
2: burgers and fries? Here's the thing, Alan. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not worried about that at all. And here's the reason why I'm not. Because that would ruin my plan. <laughs> Another option. Flying a plane. You're on a plane going to vacation, family vacation, going to Disney World, let's say. You're having a good time with your family. All of a sudden, alarms start going off. The pilot says, buckle in. We're going down. People start panicking. Instead of those little oxygen masks falling from the ceiling, hamburgers <laughs> fall from the ceiling. <laughs> Up and down the aisle, there is a very composed stewardess going... Would you like a hamburger? (laughs) While people are freaking out, hugging and crying. She's walking up and down, offering people hamburgers. Gravity is lifting her off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're just hamburgers bouncing slowly around the plane as the plane (laughs) drops from 30,000 feet to 500 feet in about two minutes. And is the plane actually going down? No, we have hired... Some pilot to do this for us. What do you think the first thing they're gonna want to do when they get off that plane? I'm I'm grabbing a hamburger. You're and grabbing surprise. a ham. Yes, you're grabbing a hamburger. You're hungry. You burnt so many calories. Calories? Cal- 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 <laughs> you burnt so many calories, screaming and panicking. You're famished. Guess what? Right outside the airport where they finally land safely, <laughs> there's a McDonald's <laughs> ready to sell them a hamburger at double the cost. <laughs>
3: You're really employing to
2: meet them at their lowest, (laughs) (laughs) their lowest point strategy here. I think I got this idea from drug addicts (laughs) and drug drug dealers. You get somebody at their lowest point, they're, they're willing to buy anything to try to escape. And what better escape than tons of calories and tons of fat in a hamburger? All right, Evan. What are you What are you doing to increase sales? My first order of business once I take over as
3: CMO, I would employ a mandatory dodgeball game. Anyone, anytime, anyone wants to buy my product. Nice. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what the product is, and this would work best probably with like hygiene products or things that people need, like gas or toothbrush or deodorant. Anything that people. Have to have. I would make them play a d- game of dodgeball. They have to win the game of dodgeball in order to buy it. Who are if they
2: playing against?
3: I have hired a team of professional dodgeball <laughs> oh players to absolutely destroy anyone who decides to buy anything of so my product. Gam
2: Gam goes in to get her heart medication. She's she has the to... heart stopped. Yeah, wow. She took a dodgeball straight <laughs> to the sternum. Yeah, she has to grab a dodgeball and stand on the other side of a. She has, in- <laughs> <laughs> she has to try. She has to try. If anyone tries
3: to buy it without successfully completing a dodgeball game, they will be sued immediately oh my by my team of lawyers that I've hired in order strictly to sue in-court people that try to circumvent the dodgeball game.
2: Now, in every one of your stores, is there like a little is there a court that you play dodgeball or is it almost like a paintball where all of a sudden people are coming out of behind shelving mm-hmm. and throwing balls at you it's in the aisles <laughs> it's a
3: free-for-all <laughs> they hide within the stalls they hear wow. someone take it off the rack they immediately jump out and oh they're gosh. firing dodgeballs upwards of 30 miles
2: per hour so, at women's faces so and little, children the little old lady goes into a store and it's like Oh, this, is, this looks like a great tour for my grandson's birthday. I'm sorry. Have you ever heard an old woman talk before? <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't usually talk to me. And all, and all of a sudden, she says that, picks up the the handgun, and... <laughs>
3: Hold on. Toy handgun.
2: It's k K-bar knife. (laughs) She picks up the toy, and this big, muscly guy comes from out (laughs) behind a shelf, Mm -hmm. flings a ball at her. You hear the ping that you get from one of those dodgeballs off her head. Yep. (laughs) She's just laying there. Yep, she has to fight back (laughs) if she wants to buy that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my question is, how does this increase sales? (laughs) This seems like a preventative measure. (laughs) Maybe for the old and the weak, but
3: for the strong and the competitive, they see it as a game. They go in there and they want to buy as much stuff as they can because they just want to play dodgeball. A lot of kids, uh, middle-aged men... Um, The products are just flying off the shelves because these guys are just trying to get into a dodgeball match. Yeah. And show just, you know, their strength in
1: battle. And those products that these guys kind of buy, are they like Monster Energy products, <laughs> tap-out tees? <Yeah. laughs>
3: Ideas for calf tattoos. <laughs> we can't keep fighting necklaces on our shelves. <laughs> They're gobbled up like hotcakes. Oh, man.
2: That's very cool. How about you, Alan? Have you, uh...
1: I took a different route, mainly because I didn't understand the question <laughs> and lack the creative uh, skill to come up with a real answer. So I thought the question was about how do you motivate your employees? So what I would say is I would motivate them with the promise of land, And obviously, they would never receive the the land the way that they think they would get it. But they would instead receive mounds of loose dirt. (laughs) I would be providing them with the land. However, really, they have to have the space to spread it out. So I would just be providing a lot of loose dirt. Um, Doesn't matter where they... Where they live in a home or an apartment, that loose dirt is being being delivered whatever way it can to their home.
2: Well, here's the thing. Here's the, As the marketing genius I am, what about what if you do this, Alan? I mean, you could do that for your employees, which would definitely increase, increase productivity. What if you sell a product, but they get a little coupon for land? So all of a sudden, people buy, say, whatever product they buy, and they go, oh, if I buy this product, I get land. But unbeknownst to them, the three acres of land they think they're getting is just three acres mm-hmm. worth of dirt. Do you think maybe that would translate well over to marketing?
1: I think it could. Um, the company that I actually work for is a company that digs ponds. Oh, that makes so, sense. So, ask if you were <laughs> on like a mining company or something. Uh, no, not mining. Strictly, strictly neighborhood ponds. That's all we do. Do people
2: ask for these ponds, or do you just show? <laughs> Do you just show up and just kind of dig
1: a pond? Most of the time they ask, we, we send scouts out to uh, different locations that do not yet have a neighborhood, and we say, could this place, could you see this place with a body of water? <laughs> and if, if my scouts tell me yes, that's now, great. We'll go, we'll go dig a pond. Are and, your
2: scouts blind? Because every place they go, they should be able to see it with a body of water.
3: <laughs> and are you getting paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> You're just digging them.
1: We are a non-profit. You know, we, we're we not doing things for the money, you know.
3: The joy of digging. We're doing it for the joy of digging. Because the children yearn for the mines. Yes.
2: <laughs> you employ a lot of child labor? We try to. Yeah, <laughs> It's very cheap. We Profit we like margins to, increase.
1: We call it sort of a Big Brother program yeah. where we where we get the kids in there and we're like, all right, well, you're going to work alongside someone as like an apprentice. So th- yeah. that, that other... That other mentor is not there,
2: you love a minor, <laughs> gosh <laughs> you say, you're, you're, you say, "Can I get any minors here?"
3: And the mentor doesn't show up because legally they can't. <laughs> is that right i You need to start answering the <laughs> questions
0: <laughs>
1: when I say I want a minor. I mean, I want somebody that looks like Yosemite Sam. <laughs> I want an 86-year-old man with dysentery uh, and a pickaxe. That, that's a good job covering
2: your butt there. Uh, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. You walk into that recruiting agency, how many minors you got available? <laughs> that's why they like take you in the back room and they talk low to you.
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs>
3: They're like, how'd you find out that we hired miners?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and I ask things like, "Well, I don't see any covered wagons out here. <laughs> I thought you guys had miners here."
2: Oh man! So basically, your marketing scheme is you dig up people's yards with old men, old sick men. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and you give the dirt. You give the dirt to people that just buy a water bottle at a gas <laughs> station. The best. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just. We have to put that
1: dirt somewhere. <laughs> And I don't have the places to put the dirt, so we just give the dirt to people.
3: <laughs> that's actually what you write on like all your products: is we have to put the dirt somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's our that's our slogan. And it's a, a cartoon miner's like winking on the <laughs>
1: <laughs> miner with a <the> pickaxe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> miner the
1: <laughs> the trade is a miner. <laughs> This is really a tough one. <laughs> yeah, he's a minor minor.
3: Um <laughs> really a minefield, if you will. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, I think that I think that's great. I think that would sell a lot. <laughs> do you tell people what they can <laughs> do you, do, you, do you tell people what they can do with the dirt they get that you trick them into having?
1: I uh like to suggest things like maybe an ant farm. <laughs> um I'd like to suggest that they move it. When I give it to them, I, I give it to them as if it's a gift, like this is a valuable commodity, like you, you own this many acres of, of worth dirt, of, worth of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I feel sorry for the people that are like, man, I, this company that I just found is giving me a hundred acres. Mm-hmm. They live Boy, in a, were they, they wrong. <laughs> they live in an apartment. They just had about 43 dump trucks show up worth yeah, of 400 yeah. acres worth of dirt. <laughs> they just have to do something with it.
1: Yeah, it makes it difficult when they live in an apartment and they're sort of ab- above ground level because we have to employ uh, a series of helicopters.
0: <laughs>
1: um we call in a bunch of black hawks and they uh they they have to you know make contact with the dump trucks below, bring the dirt up, throw it in through their patio door. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the military's helping you with this?
2: You must make the black hawks <laughs>
1: We uh, commandeered the Blackhawks.
2: <laughs> y'all both, you and Evan's marketing ideas, ideas in general, just sound like a bunch of ideas to cover up crimes y'all have committed. That's just me. It Says just seems the like guy a guy who tried to drop people out of the sky.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, ours there's, is the crime. There's no
2: crime for getting people's heart rates up, Evan, okay? <laughs> there is. <laughs> I, I, we didn't kill them. They're not dead. I They're think my only like a...
1: crime is not understanding the exercise. <laughs> All right guys so um, we're getting a we're getting a little notification here in the studio um, a call coming in from our sister station uh, QDNPR. So we're gonna go over to them and see what see what they've got going on. All right and welcome to QDNPR. My name is Alan. I'm joined here with Evanescence and Zacchaeus.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Uh, We are proud to be here and we have a very unfortunate and sad Mm. topic we need to discuss today.
3: Yes. Yes. It's very unfortunate.
1: Yes. It seems that at a local dairy farm in Texas, over
2: 18,000 cattle died in a massive explosion. Yeah, this came across our desk today in Lubbock, Texas. Our prayers go out to Lubbock, Texas. The good people of Lubbock. The good good people Mm of Lubbock, Texas. We are so sorry for your loss.
3: Mm -hmm. Bovine lovers everywhere are mourning to stay. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Now now Evan is a local cow expert. Evan, how do cows handle explosions?
3: (laughs) That's a great question, Zach. In pieces. (laughs) well let me just say they feel very hot and separated they feel that yesterday they weren't in a million pieces but today that they are they may not make it to tomorrow because they didn't even make it through today wow that's the height of bovine awareness we need them to make it to the next day Mm. all eighteen thousand of them but they didn't it's a sad day in the milk community speaking of that we have alan here with us to speak on a love of milk addiction. Um, Alan, if you don't mind touching on how this will affect your addiction. Yes,
1: thank you, Evan, for passing it over to me. As someone who suffers from a drastic dairy addiction, yet also is lactose intolerant, this provides a unique position for me and my dairy addicts. On one hand, we see a bright future in that there is less dairy for us to addictively consume (laughs) at an alarming rate. However, as someone who is addicted to dairy, I am a bit frightened. Um, I'm tweaking, jonesing. I need that next fix. If you know where that fix is, please let me know. I'm in Lubbock, Texas, and I'm dying. Back to you, Evan.
3: Thank you, Alan. That is some great insight on what it's like to have a dairy addiction. In a dairy shortage now zach i want to i want to kick it back to you to speak on the events that led up to this and how we can prevent this in the future.
2: From reports, it seems that we have an epidemic of cow terrorists that have infiltrated this country. This is a an alarming situation that is coming out That that is the most dangerous thing we have seen since 9-11. Cows everywhere are in danger. These cow terrorists, they don't have empathy. They don't have care. If you have a cow, if your loved one has a cow, I implore you to secure that cow in a safe area. Because these cow terrorists will strap C4 dynamite to your cow, light it, and run. The explosion is beautiful, but the death is terrible. So, please, if you see something, say something, and let's unite together to protect the cows and protect our country.
3: I don't know where these cow terrorists get off. I don't
2: know. In Lubbock, Texas. (laughs) I don't know what drives them. Probably a Toyota.
3: (laughs) (laughs) To be such just horrible menaces to society and the milk industry as a whole. But America is suffering now, but we are strong and we will recover. Um, gentlemen, do you have anything else to speak on on this subject before we, we move
1: on? Yes, I would like to say uh, we just recently got some uh, shocking information over the fax machine. I don't know if you hear, heard it beeping and worrying in the background. <laughs> um, it seems like the Department of Defense has uh, assigned a name to this cow terrorist group. They are called cal Qaeda. <laughs> so uh again thoughts and prayers to the citizens of
3: lubbock texas
2: don't be a coward in this time please call join together we cannot be defeated by Qaeda.
3: all the bovine will be bovine
2: if we just band together and we milk this for all it's worth do not hide in utter terror (laughs) If I only had calf the strength
1: that you did. We're not trying to steer anyone in the wrong direction.
2: <laughs> the only beef we have this week
3: is with the cow terrorists.
2: cow Qaeda. Cal Qaeda. That is all today from QDNPR. Please be on the lookout and please join us next time on QDNPR.
1: Sometimes Craigslist needs what
2: you got. All right, boys. So for Craigslist today, we are looking for babysitters. We're all very busy. None of us have kids, but for some reason, we need a babysitter. So I messaged somebody on Craigslist who is advertising childcare, and the post simply reads as this, babysitter ready to babysit. Let me know I'm experienced and... <laughs> Reliable and she gives her phone number, which is a bad idea, and then she signs it as Arnice. So I message her saying, Hello, I need a babysitter for my kids. She goes on to say, Hello, yes, my name is Arnice and I am very experienced in childcare. Please tell me your needs and about your kids when and when I can start. I reply, Well hello Arnice. I are need a babysitter. My kids are driving me crazy and preventing me from worshipping the moon beings as instructed by my religion. I need someone to be there as I make my sacrifices and pray to Dion (laughs) Rakshasas. Who's that? (laughs) That is apparently some sort of moon god. (laughs) (laughs) Or I fell on my keyboard and just (laughs) rolled my head around. Dion Rakshasas. He goes on to say, "Well, thank you for contacting me. I can help you take care of your kids as you worship. Please tell me more of what you need for your kids and your house." I go on to say, Jesus. this message, guys. I'm going to y'all follow along here and really put yourself in the shoes of Arnie's and see if y'all understand my schedule." I reply to her, "Well, Arnie's, here are the times I need you to during the week. On Monday." I need you here at 1 to 3 a.m. unless it's the first Monday of the month. Then I will need you to come in at 2 a.m. But if the following Tuesday is an odd number, then please show up at 1.30 a.m. If the following Tuesday after the first Monday of the month is an even number date, then please show up an hour earlier than when you feel like you should. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> On Tuesdays. I need you to show up at 1 a.m., but if there's rain, I will need you to show up one hour earlier or 30 minutes later. <laughs> If the Tuesday is an odd number and follows the first Monday of the month, then please show up at 3 a.m., but only if the previous Monday of the last week was an odd number. If this is not the case, please don't show up until 2 a.m. If the Tuesday falls outside of the month that does not start with the letter M, then please arrive sharply at 12 a.m. Unless it's the first Tuesday of the month, then please show up at 12.30 a.m. Jesus. (laughs) Wednesday. Arrive no later than 1 a.m., but if it's a full moon and the Wednesday falls on a winter month, then please don't show up until 1.15. If the Wednesday falls on an even-numbered date, refer to Tuesday's schedule for instructions (laughs) on Thursday. Arrive at 10.30 p.m. unless it's a leap year, then please show up at 10 p.m. as you will need to be ready for the festival. However, if the Thursday falls on a summer month that starts with a letter A, and the previous Monday was the first Monday of the month and an even-numbered date, then please refer to Wednesday's instructions about Tuesday's instructions. (laughs) On Friday, please show up at 4 a.m. unless the following Sunday is predating the first Monday of the month, then please show up at 3.45. If the Friday happens to be during December of a year whose numbers add up to seven, then please refrain from coming at all. Got it? (laughs) Um... No (laughs) I do not got it If we have any
1: listeners That have access to a calendar (laughs) Please figure this out Give us the
3: schedule For the Dion worship And and let us know
2: If that actually tracks at all (laughs) I I thought it was Very clear and concise I don't know what y'all are talking about
3: Honestly I fell asleep just like
2: Halfway through each day She responds to that. I am sorry. That is a bit confusing, but I may be able to get it down with time. If it is okay to ask, how many kids will I be watching? And are there any special conditions that I need to know? So she asked about my kids that she will be taking care of. And I gave a list of five kids that I have. First one, Nimrod Coker Fur. Nimrod is not potty trained in the traditional sense and will only release a payload off in the tank of the toilet rather than the bowl. (gasps)
3: <laughs> He's a double decker boy.
2: <laughs> if you catch him doing this, please do not look him in the eyes. <laughs> after, after he is done,
0: <laughs> He was like, Alan's dying. <laughs>
1: Alright, we're
0: back.
2: (laughs) After he's done, please clean out the tank. Nimrod will only eat his meals in his room, so you will have to slip any food you have under his door. Liquid food works the best as he can lap it up off the ground as it leaks under the door. If you do feed him solid food, you will have to squish it under the door so he can get it. The second child, Beatrice Fur. (laughs) Beatrice believes she exists in a simulation and will try to prove this fact to you. She is very convincing, and if you are not careful, she will have you believing that you are also in a simulation. She will try to she will try to jump off tall objects in an effort to break out of her simulation and reach enlightenment. If you see her do this, please toss a pillow on the ground where she will land. If you miss her landing spot with the pillow and she lands on the ground, then please use anything you find around the house for a splint to patch her up her broken limbs. Do not call an ambulance as we believe they are agents of evil that are here to steal our souls. Next child, Frankfurt fur. <laughs>
3: This is the Adams family? <laughs> just, oh, you are the Adams family.
2: Frankfurt is fat. He is a human pile of lard that has the body shape of a melting bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> Please tie his food to a ceiling fan and turn it on to its highest setting so his food is spinning around and he gets some exercise. If he falls, you will have to get him up as he's completely incapable of getting back to his feet independently. If the other kids make fun of him for his gross size and high body fat percentage, let them. We encourage bullying in our house, and Frankfurt is on the verge of weight loss or suicide. It is difficult to tell. (laughs) Child four, Lucifer.
3: (laughs) L-O-U, middle name C, last name Fur. Yes,
2: Blue Seifer. We are not sure if he lives with th- with us anymore. We never see him. He hides in the shadow and creeps around at night. The only reason we know he's alive is because the food we leave out for him gets eaten. If you feel warm air blowing on the back of your neck, it's probably him. To stop him from doing this, turn around quickly and start throwing punches. If you make contact with his face, he will respect you and feed from your hand. <laughs> Assert dominance. (laughs) The final child, Alf. (laughs) I'm not totally sure if Alf is my child or if he was here when I started squatting in this house. (laughs) He has always kind of been here. Alf is blind and aggressive. He will assault you. (laughs) Please be trained in mixed martial arts to combat his advances. If you want to scare him away, chant ooga booga dooga day. Please stay away from me or you're gay. Alpha is extremely homophobic and will cease all advances in an effort to not seem gay. <laughs> she responds, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time believing this is real. <laughs> I reply to her disbelief, excuse me? How dare you? I'm a single mom that is on the verge of a mental breakdown. All I am asking for is you to watch my kids so I can worship my moon god, Dion Rackasas. <laughs> So he may bring peace to the world and stop the impending doom that is to fall on the world. I am deeply offended that you would even think that this is a joke and treat me as if I'm emailing you for some stupid podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I am in need of your help and I came to you in need and humility. (laughs) She responds, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Please hire me and I will help your children. If there's anything else I need to know, please let me know. I respond, it's okay. I will calm my nerves and not let my raft become untethered to serve as the dark one's tool. <laughs> and then I listed off a couple things she needs to know about the fur house. The other things you should know is, do not use the front door. Please go through the window. The meat set out on the porch is not for you. <laughs> leave it be. Take off one of your shoes and leave the other on. This is a religious practice that we expect you to keep. If you have any change in your pocket, please take it out as the jingle jangle will set off the children and we will have to use ropes and large nets to corral them back. Tuesday nights tend to be two tiptoe tapping Tuesdays where we break out a six foot by six foot piece of wood and tap dance as a family. We expect you to be proficient. They will not go to bed willingly. Convince them that if they do not sleep now, death will be their next chance to. If you need to, use weapons and a gang of risky, tattooed men to get the point across. <laughs> if you hear a bell, be prepared to go 12 rounds with at least one paraplegic person. You will win, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> be prepared to tell us how you will murder someone who is, hypothetically, five 5'9", 180 pounds, 47 years old, and divorce me. Do not be concerned if I'm taking notes. It is all hypothetical. And then I just put 79. <laughs> the number 79. I let her de- decipher what that meant. And then I put... How to remove skid marks from underwear. Can you remove skid marks from underwear? Dark skid marks in underwear. How to remove... <laughs> why can't I see my what I type in my Google search bar? <laughs> and then finally... Oh, and please have fun. <laughs> She responds, okay, when do you need me to start? I respond, start what? She responds, start babysitting. This is what we have been discussing. I respond, oh, right. Can you start in about 10 minutes? (laughs) She responds, I am sorry. You will need to find somebody else. Please have a good day. Wow, nobody wants to work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) People are so lazy.
3: God, that's good.
2: I don't know why she didn't want to keep my kids. The it fur really. family is a proud it's a respected Proud respected there were a couple family. Of red flags. <laughs> well what, what were one red flag, Alan? I mean, give me one. one red flag. I mean
1: what's the first kid's name?
2: Uh that was Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod. <laughs> that was Nimrod Coker fur. <laughs> Nimrod double decker and You love the fact uh, the that he toilet. pooped in the, oh, the tank <laughs> rather than the bowl. That was That was too much for you. There was
1: I don't know what I was expecting from a kid named Nimrod, but I guarantee (laughs) you
2: it was not that. (laughs) But I mean, if y'all know anybody that wants to babysit, or Mm -hmm. if anybody listening wants to babysit the Fur family, please write in. We will.
1: Yeah, let us know. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. What's our What's our Twitter handle? Uh, Question Detour yeah let us know tweet at us uh, are you available to
2: watch the fur family um,
3: <laughs> shoot us an email yeah yeah. shoot uh, us an email what is it questionable detour podcast at gmail.com that's it
2: yeah so interact with us if you have hypotheticals you want us to answer have any advice we you want to give we are very wise uh, uh, email us Too wise actually. Too wise yeah we're too wise <laughs> email us or hit us up on twitter but uh y'all want to be done for today let's be done let's
3: kick it like an old dog <laughs> You
0: <laughs> expect the detour.